Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Boys and girls, your attention, please. Presenting a new exciting radio program featuring the thrilling adventures of an amazing and incredible personality. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I am your co-host, Mr. Chris Parton. And with me as always, well, actually, there's nobody with me. Usually I have a co-host on, on all my podcasts because having Chris do a solo podcast is always a horrible idea because there's no one here to keep me on track. So normally I'm joined by Mr. Ed Moore. If you listen to any of our other podcasts, Boom Addiction, Comic Addiction, uh, a couple other things in the past. Uh, you can find all of that cool stuff over at comicaddiction.net. Uh, but this is not any of those podcasts. This is Stephen Orr's Just Another Fanboy. So when Stephen asked me to do a guest a guest episode of the show, I was a little uh, worried because, you know, when it comes to topics uh, I usually like to stick kind of publisher oriented because um, I need to stay focused. And if I don't have any kind of focus, I kind of ramble and ramble and ramble. So what we're going to try and do is stay focused on one book, a book, a character really that I am super interested in that I've been collecting since the, oh gosh, since the mid nineties, uh, the characters come up, you know, a couple miniseries here or there comes with a one shot, a graphic novel, this and that. Not very often, but we do get some. Uh, that character is Painkiller Jane, which was created by Joe Quesada and Joe, uh, Joe, Jimmy Palmiotti, uh, back in 1996 ish kind of thing. Um, somewhere around there. Uh, they, uh, Created her as part of the 22 Brides miniseries. Uh, 22 Brides was published through Event Comics uh, back in 96. Uh, if you don't know what Event Comics is, well, it's it's kind of their... Um, they had a studio. They had created... Um, 
I think they created like a card or a couple cards for uh, the, I forgot what it was called at this point. I think it was like the character database or character creation. Something. It was a, comic, uh, a trading card series that Dark Horse had created. Um, so, and I remember collecting it and everything, uh, but they did a card called uh, like Kid Fluffy or something. I forget what it's called. Uh, probably should have done a little research before I did this show. But they did a card there. They had collabed in the past. They thought it'd be a great idea if they collabed some more. Uh, they took a couple weeks uh, vacation together and created what uh, would be their first character or first series called Ash. And hopefully, if you've heard of Ash, if you have not, Definitely Google it. Take a look at it. Uh, it's a really cool firefighter, you know, story that's got some supernatural alien, you know, all this kind of stuff to it. Uh, it's really cool. Um, but after they did or while they were doing Ash, uh, they came up with, uh, 22 brides and painkiller Jane was one of those characters that got introduced in that. So who painkiller Jane is is she originally was a, was a cop and she was, or a police detective. She was, you know, undercover you know looking into this mob boss uh she was working with the brides and the brides were a mercenary group um the mob boss you know basically had uh captured the the brides uh convinced you know convinced jane to uh to go meet his rival for various reasons. Again, this is very condensed. You'd have to read the 22 Brides miniseries for this. Uh, but had uh, tricked her, uh, basically used her as a uh, Trojan horse, uh, planted a bomb on her that she was unaware of. Uh, how you do that, you'd have to read the series to figure that one out. Um, but planted a bomb on her. It detonated when he got to, or when she got to his rival's uh, uh, headquarters. And and in doing so, he thought, the mob boss thought that it would kill his rival, it ended up not killing him, didn't even hurt him at all. Uh, you come to find out that he has, um, there he has special abilities. Uh, and in doing so, with the explosion, ended up killing Jane. Um, the rival, his name was Adam, if I remember correctly, he had basically felt Somewhat bad that she, he had blamed her, thought that she was the one, the one coming to us or come to assassinate, come to find out that she wasn't, that she was tricked into it as well. And then he mysteriously revives her because she was dead, uh, obviously, uh, revives her uh, and leaves her in a abandoned subway station uh, surrounded by um all this technology and all this, you know, high tech stuff and everything. Um, she didn't know where she was. She, you know, but she remembered, uh, what had happened to her. And so in doing so, as the miniseries ends, uh, goes in, saves the brides, um, and then, uh, takes out, um, the mob boss as well as planning evidence that got him captured or got him arrested and convicted and all this other stuff. So, um, the world, you know, believes that she's dead at this point. So she, you know, remains so as far as her identity, she, her civilian identity, and then becomes a vigilante known as Painkiller Jane. So that's basically the mini series. And again, that took place 1996. I think those issues probably took a year or so to come out. Um, I think it's a five or six issue mini series. Uh, but then Painkiller Jane being as popular as she was coming out of that, uh, ended up getting a lot of, um, uh, 
lot of attention. So she came out with her own, her event came out with uh, a mini series for her, a five issue mini series, uh, 1997. And this was written by, if I can pull out my first issue, because I have most of the issues. That's, that's the really, you know, big thing. I'm, I'm big on the character. Now I'm finding all the variants and stuff like that. Um, this miniseries is is just to kind of show you the the level of folks, um, the pedigree of folks that that work on this character. Uh, Mark Wade and Brian Augustine, you know, wrote this wrote the first miniseries. Art was by Rick Leonardi. Palmiotti did all the inks. Uh, you had Richard Starking in Comic Craft doing all the lettering. You had Atomic Paintbrush uh, who's doing all the coloring, and then uh, a variety of. Uh, I'll say variant covers. Uh, yes. Uh, back during the nineties, if you're as old as I am, uh, you might remember, you know, uh, mail order companies like American entertainment, they would provide, you know, variant covers and stuff like that. So there are, there are covers by Leonardo. Uh, I mean, a Connor did some, uh, if I can remember correctly, I think Hildebrandt, the Hildebrandt brothers did some. Um, so there's quite a few and they're, you know, can't remember all of them off the top of my head. Um, but there's quite a few of them that are out there. So, uh, as a collector as I am for this character, I, you know, I've been trying to collect them all, um, whenever I find them. But the crazy thing is you just don't find the books out in the wild as much, um, as you used to, especially in the late nineties, early two thousands. For whatever reason, either everybody has them, they're keeping them, they're not wanting to sell them for whatever the reason is, uh, which is cool. Um, I wouldn't want to sell mine, but uh, just stores in general, I don't seem to find too many copies of them. There was like, there was a small stretch of time where I found a bunch of them, especially Ash. I found a bunch of Ash uh, books uh, at a comic shop in South Carolina, but then it's been sort of, you know, ghost, you know, uh, just nothing, uh, you know, in any shop that I've been to since. So every once in a while I pick up an issue, uh, I try my best to buy a lot of these books, you know, in person so I can look at it, make sure it's a you know decent condition and stuff like that. Um, I have ordered some through eBay, uh, in other online shops and they've not really been the best of conditions. So I've always looking to up- upgrade my, my books and everything, but that's neither here nor there. That's more of a, it's more me thing, not the actual character thing. So, uh, miniseries came out. It's a five issue miniseries. Uh, like I said, it came out in 1997. And in, in sort of the popularity of that miniseries, there was a lot of crossovers that just happened to, ha- you know, uh, get put together, uh, with Painkiller Jane and a bunch of other characters. So we get, um, so one, one, it's, all of these are sort of bizarre. Uh, so we get the, uh, team up with, the darkness, uh, uh, Jackie Escato, um, who, you know, if you know, is part of the Witchblade universe, is part of Top Cow. Uh, Garth Ennis, uh, wrote the book. Um, and then we've got Amanda Connor working on the art as well as, uh, Jimmy Palmiotti. So, um, so that was sort of a, an odd, an odd pairing for sure. Um, but then we get some more image stuff. We get, you know, uh, there's a painkiller Jane. I don't, if you remember Dark Child, let me know. Cause it's, uh, it's one of those characters that I really enjoyed. Um, it was very kind of bizarre. Uh, but a very, yeah, I don't know. It was just a cool character at the time. Very, very nineties character. Um, and it was, I think, I think the guy who created, created her was named, 
gosh, Dan Queen or something like that. I forget what it is now. Oh, man. Should have done a little more research on that one, too. Uh, but that one was uh, written by Brian Augustin and then drawn by J.G. Jones. So really cool, you know, you know, really cool artwork in, in there. So uh, another um, another miniseries or excuse me, one shot that we get. A crossover with Painkiller Jane is Vampirella. So, uh, again, sort of a, an odd pairing, but definitely one that folks uh, were very happy to see because I remember this when I was uh, working in a comic shop, you know, during my lunch hour and on Saturdays and stuff. Uh, but definitely remember this book coming in. A lot of people were very excited for it. It was very heavily ordered. Uh, this was written by, this one shot was written by Mark Wade and Brian Augustine, uh, you know, who wrote the original miniseries. Uh, art was by Rick Leonardi and Jimmy Palmiotti. So that was sort of keeping the original miniseries team together. Uh, and I think, yeah, Joe Casada did the cover uh, or did one of many of uh, covers for this one. And then the sort of oddest of odd, um, not that the other ones were super, were super odd, uh, crossovers, but then we get a painkiller Jane Hellboy, uh, one shot, which again, sure. Why not? Um, I, all of these crossovers, I, you know, one shots, I would love to have been part of that or just listening into the conversation that was taking place, uh, to, to put these, yeah, to put these characters together. Uh, Brian Augustine uh, wrote this one. Rick Leonardi drew it. Palmiotti inked it. Um, and so uh, it's, you know, there are a couple covers for that one. There, um, I think there's, oh gosh, I don't know if there's a Magnolia cover. Uh, maybe there is. There's got to be one. Uh, I don't have it. That's why I'm trying to think. Um, there's got to be a, a Mike Magnolia variant cover out there somewhere. Uh, it'd be really hard to believe that there'd be a Hellboy one-shot or a crossover like that without a Magnolia uh, you know, variant cover or you know, maybe it was the main cover and I have the the variant. I can't remember which. Um, but yeah, so those are uh, four of the crossovers. Oh, um, I probably should go ahead and bring up the fifth one. There's Punisher. Uh, I always forget about that one. Uh, and, and sort of that's sort of in line with when event comics was, was contracted, uh, way back in the day to, uh, uh, do the Marvel Knights line of characters. Uh, if you, you know, if you're, you know, aware of, of Quesada and, and, and Palmiotti coming in and doing, and doing that. Um, this was, uh, written by Garth Ennis, uh, penciled by Dave Ross, uh, or, you know, cover art by, uh, Joe Jusco, which is really cool. Uh, again, that of all the crossovers to me, that one in the darkness kind of make the most sense. Um, uh, but yeah, definitely some really, uh, great, uh, writers, you know, being involved in, involved in these one shots, great art. So it's, you know, sometimes when you get a one shot kind of crossover of two random characters, it's, it's more of a, I mean, these are obviously, well, I don't say these are obviously sometimes I've, I've not seen the greatest, uh, creative teams put together to put those books together. Um, but these are some, some top notch, top notch, uh, creative teams put together. And I was very, uh, very excited when I picked up these books originally off the shelf. And then when I've come back and, and picked them and, you know, picked them up again, as far as my collection goes. So, uh, after event, there was only the one mini series, uh, that painkiller Jane had after that event, you know, again, got sort of 
put all to hold while Palmiati and Quesada worked on uh, their team with Marvel Knights. Uh, but eventually we would get a um, another Painkiller J miniseries that was published through Dynamite. And Palmiati, from what I can remember, worked hard to get that done uh, or get it, you know, get it to even happen. Uh, Quesada, you know, signed off on it and was part of the writing team. Um, as far as like the story goes, I don't think he actually wrote like scripts and stuff like that. Cause at the time he's, you know, editor in chief of Marvel comics. So that would have been a little strange. Uh, but, uh, but he did have some involvement in it. Uh, since then, um, I'm sure Quesada has got, because he's, you know, creator of the character, uh, there has been some, uh, some agreement with him and Palmiati that Palmiati can sort of uh, help steer the ship and, and get the character um, published a little easier without having him sign up. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what all the ins and outs of that, but I do know that we get some more Painkiller Jane down the road. So, uh, but we do get this series um, from Dynamite. Um, and then there's uh, during it, there's a Terminator crossover uh, because Dynamite was doing Terminator at the time. So that was a little strange. Um, but sure, why not? Uh, and then after they do a miniseries uh, at Dynamite, there's a little time that passes, uh, probably about five or six more years. And then um, Palmiotti brings Painkiller Jane over to Marvel's Icon series, which is their, I guess, their creator-owned imprint uh, that they'd have um, folks do stuff for. And, and so there was, uh, two mini series I can remember. There was, yeah, it was just the two. Uh, it was Painkiller Jane, The Price of Freedom, which was a six issue mini series. And then after that, the sequel to it was Painkiller Jane, uh, and the 22 Brides. So, uh, I have honestly, I've never read the 22 Brides mini series. Uh, and it was only because it just for whatever reason, I don't know why I didn't pick it up, but I just did pick it up. So I picked up the first miniseries, but for some reason, the 22 Brides, when I think I might have the first issue in a box somewhere, uh, I've recently done my inventory or redone my inventory and I don't have it listed. So I have it somewhere. Maybe if not, I'm definitely going to be hunting it down at some point. So, but after the icon imprint, um, went away for whatever the reason was, um, we didn't see a whole lot of painkiller Jane for another, four or five years or something like that. I think it was 2019 is when the next time we would see her. And at the time, um, as it is now, Palmiati is um, doing all of his original graphic novels, original storytelling with characters and stuff like that, that he's created or co-created with, with uh, collaborators. Uh, he's been doing it through his paper films uh, publishing company. So, um, if you've been following along with that, a lot of his stuff or all of his stuff up until recently uh, is on Kickstarter. So, um, so I've picked up a lot of that stuff. So there was a Painkiller Jane Trust the Universe uh, original graphic novel that was published uh, back in 2019. And that one, um, I think that, hold on a second. Let me, I've got it pulled up right here in front of me. I just want to double check because I, before I say something incorrectly, which I probably will. Uh, yeah, it's just a 44 page, uh, story, uh, written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, uh, art by Juan, uh, Santa Cruz. And, uh, this one too had a bunch of, uh, I guess you could say variant covers for this, you know, graphic novel. Um, 
but uh but it, you know it was one of those things uh really cool book you know you can get it you know as you know any of these kickstarters that he does you know they provide all kinds of uh you know opportunities to get different covers and autographs and stuff like that so uh so it was definitely a, a, a cool book to pick up the last one that they did was back in 2021 which was painkiller jane heartbreaker um which was uh all of these are not i, I probably should have prefaced this early on uh but none of these are uh f- these are all mature titles these are none of these are for the kids so Kind of keep that in mind. So if you do pick any of these things up, these are definitely not for the kids. Um, and, and it only gets more mature as, uh, as you know, he can do stuff with paper films. So, um, so I know with Zest World, um, he's doing some, you know, he's doing, uh, a sort of a new publishing, um, contract there. I don't know if we're going to get more painkiller Jane in the future through that. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, I'm definitely following along, you know, to, you know, with his newsletter to see if we get new stuff and everything. Um, but it's, it's been an interesting ride from, uh, 1996 until present. And it is, uh, Pinkella is just one of those interesting characters. There's so much that you can do with her without, um, really going too far from the core of what the character is. I mean, she's basically a, a cop. And so she, she's, you know, got that sort of mindset. Sure. She's a vigilante. Um, I would guess more name than anything. Um, she does kind of, you know, get usually in her, you know, above her head, uh, or in above, in above her head, uh, with most of the adventures that she gets into. Um, but, it, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, there's been a lot of great artists, a lot of great writers that have been involved in this character. Um, there was, you know, uh, if you, if you're aware, uh, if you're not aware, uh, there was actually a TV series. There was a TV movie that was done, uh, back. I think, um, I think it was sci-fi. Yeah. Sci-fi did, did a made for TV movie, um, back in, Mid two thousands, I forget what year it actually came out, but it was Sci-Fi did that, and then uh, shortly thereafter, they got uh, they did a original TV series. It only got one season, and they had recast. I forget who um, the original Painkiller Jane was in the in the TV movie, but Kristana uh, uh, Loken, I think is what her name is. Uh, she ended up playing. Uh, Painkiller Jane in the TV series. So there's been, you know, obviously a little success, uh, outside of, outside of just comics, which is, which is an interesting thing. Um, I did watch the, the season and it was, um, I feel like it was a, if it was not on sci fi, if, if the series was on now and sort of, polished a little bit i think it would be a series uh that you could easily put on uh netflix or something like that and and it could get multiple seasons out of uh, i think the the audience would definitely uh enjoy it i think at the time anything that was really put on sci-fi unless it already had a enormous uh following or audience coming from somewhere else uh i just don't think the comic fandom for painkiller jane at the time was was big enough to 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 prop it up uh but i think of you know that series again sort of polished up a little bit uh would do would 
probably get a couple seasons out of it. So, but unfortunately, it only got the one. Uh, so it's so it's out there somewhere. If you've ever you know want to look for it, I would recommend checking out the the. I guess it's a che- it's a pretty cheesy trailer uh, on on YouTube. Uh, but check it out for fun. You know, you never know. You never know. You might enjoy it. You might end up tracking it down, uh, tracking down the series and checking it out. So. Um, well, that's about it. Uh, it's, you know, kind of trying to figure out what exactly to talk about. Painkiller Jane's always a, a character and, and, a, and some books that I've always wanted to talk about. Uh, Ed Moore, my co-host buddy, uh, we have discussed many times about doing a podcast, uh, just sort of starting with 22 Brides and kind of moving a couple issues every episode, kind of talking about the character, talking about the series that she's in at the time that we're, whatever we're covering, uh, until we get everything, uh, um, put together who knows you know maybe get together with palmiati or, or some of the other creators who have worked on the character in the past uh, to kind of discuss um their memories and you know sort of the 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 process in which all these uh series and everything came together who knows you know it's just one of those sort of pipe dreams maybe it'll happen maybe it won't uh if you're interested in something like that you know let me know you know you can email me at comicbookaddict at gmail.com uh, or you can you know contact me on twitter at chris barton uh with that that's that's my spiel for this episode i appreciate Stephen having me on to co-host this i hopefully uh you got a little bit of info out of this out of the all the rambling and whatnot that that happened uh if you're interested in painkiller jane or want some more information obviously google is a great resource uh but you can also contact me uh and i will definitely point you out some great places uh that you can uh check out some material uh obviously there's stuff all over the place there's a, i think everything that i talked about uh, there are trade paperbacks already, uh, that are out there. So you can look at various, uh, you know, places like your, uh, definitely look at your local comic shop, see if they've got it. If not in stock trade may, may have it, uh, or even Amazon may have it. So, uh, actually I should take all of that back and tell you to first look at paperfilms.com's store. Uh, I know they have quite a few stuff there. Check that that is Palmiani and Amanda Connor's, uh, own website. So I would definitely recommend checking out their first and then uh and then kind of go to those other other places so uh that's it thank you very much for listening and hopefully uh you can come and check out uh the other podcasts that i do uh namely comic addiction at comicaddiction.net. thanks very much goodbye bye bye daddy bye bye daddy good job Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park